Hello again, witches, seekers, and friends, and welcome to the Fat Feminist Witch Podcast, the show where we do a little ranting, raving, and wand waving. I'm your host, Paige, and together we're going to explore magic, spirituality, social justice, the psychic realm, and most importantly, social media. Hello, friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 55, all about the magic of social media. I'm going to be talking a little about technology's place in our magical practice, some spells and rituals you can use to influence your social media presence, and how to find and share esoteric topics in a digital arena. This episode is actually the third in a kind of series of episodes I've done recently about blending your magical practice with your career and finances. In episode 48, we talked about money and value. Then in episode 52, we talked about magic for the workplace and creating sacred office space. I mentioned a few magical tricks I use when working with technology or social media. And today I'm really excited to expand on that a little bit because I love technology. I'm I'm not like a you know, what they used to call a techno wizard. I <laughs> You're going to hear me say a lot of cheesy stuff like that today, by the way. I am not a technological genius, but I love technology and I love exploring it and using it and figuring it out. And because, you know, it's 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 kind of been common in the past for tech and electronics to be unwelcome in magical spaces. And there's a whole lot of reasons for that. But with technology and the internet taking more space up in our daily lives, it's time for us to have practical ways to blend our spirituality with our internet addiction. <laughs> Technology itself is like kind of an interesting word because it it existed long before the Industrial Revolution and actually comes from ancient Greek. And it means science of craft and is usually associated with things like artistry and building. In ancient Greece, the god of technology was Hephaestus, who was a blacksmith, because at the time that was very <laughs> high tech technology, right? <laughs> so this word is, and this concept is something that has always existed. Technology now usually means smartphones and gadgets. But like I said, it, it's also like Neolithic tools and the invention of the wheel. Even with what we consider to be the most basic of technologies, there are always people who oppose it or who are outright afraid of it. Always. Every time technology makes significant strides, there are those who oppose it. Like the Luddites in the 19th century who opposed the like machination of textile product productions. They were all hand sewers and weavers and, you know, they worked hand looms. And they actually, you know, got kind of badass about it and destroyed industrial sewing machines and looms because they thought they were taking away work from the common worker. And <laughs> and it, it's wild because I feel like we still have those arguments all the time. Technology and its negative effects on human compassion and intelligence <laughs> are central to a lot of dystopian stories that are meant to warn us about getting a little too big for our britches and letting the robots just take over. Firmly planted on Camp No One on this, <laughs> because I think, I think it's wrong to stand in the way of genuine progress 
But I also think that disconnecting entirely from the rest of humanity to focus on a screen is just too easy. It's too easy these days. And it's too easy to radicalize people and inflame hate now with the advent of current technology. And I find that really scary. But I'm obviously someone who loves and relies on technology. You know, I wouldn't be here otherwise. (laughs) Without smartphones and the internet, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And I certainly wouldn't be able to reach as many witches all over the world as I do. Technology and my ability to use it has given me so much independence and it's allowed me to find my purpose in life and actually use it (laughs) and the technology. Technology and I will always be like best friends for now. BFFs for life, you know. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the reasons that people don't want technology anywhere near their ritual space or spellcraft or any magical area. Remember that everyone's practice is really personal and individual, and it's okay to just like things a certain way. So if you don't want to include any technology or electronics in your rituals or sacred space, that is perfectly okay. The first reason your phone or any technological device might not be welcome in ritual is simply that it is a distraction. And don't lie, it is a distraction. Focus and intent are the keys to successful spells. And it's hard to maintain that when your phone is going off or some lights are blinking or suddenly, you know, a commercial comes on during the playlist or whatever. This is a waste of time and energy and resources. And not just when you're working with other witches, but even when you're working by yourself. Plus these days, I mean, some of us genuinely do have a problem tearing our eyeballs away from the screens. I know I do sometimes. Some days that phone is no more than two feet from my face all day long. But with other people, it's so bad that they can't even go in public. They can't hold a conversation. They can't even get through an entire meal without having to be on their phone a bunch of times. And that is where it becomes a problem. So, Again, this is one of those things where I think it depends on the people in the circle, the people working, if it's by yourself, it all depends on your choices. But I agree and disagree that it can be very, very distracting. Another reason that I agree and disagree with (laughs) at the same time is that witchcraft is, you know, it's ancient and it's an arcane art and it needs to feel ancient and arcane. And at times technology is the ability to just kind of snap you out of that mindset. While I get the meaning behind this, I just don't feel that. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a kind of a, a modern witch when it comes to my spirituality. Everything I like is old, of course. All the books and movies and music, all of it's old, but, <laughs> but I'm a very modern witch. So I use my phone and TV speakers, whatever, for listening to music. And then I also use, you know, books and the internet for research. I, I also use a record player and I actually have cassette tapes still. So I don't have a problem kind of jumping through time when it comes to technology. I don't have a problem getting into the proper magical headspace with that stuff around, but I totally get how other people could struggle, especially you know, for some people, technology is very, very new. I always joke that I remember a time before the internet, but oh man, I know someone who remembers the time before indoor plumbing. There are a lot of people for who technology is 
It's like an entire other language. (laughs) And I can understand if you've never had technology before, maybe you've been a practicing witch for 30 or 40 years, and all of a sudden there's all of these new things, it might be kind of hard to get into the mind space you're used to when it comes to your practice. So I get that. But it can also go too far sometimes, this particular reason, and it kind of crosses a line of like gatekeeping and ableism. So when someone insists that everything witchy has to be done the way it was done in the 1500s, it gets a little bit, (laughs) it's going too far. I love writing by hand. I love it sometimes. (laughs) It's a great exercise. Sometimes when I'm really, really stuck and I'm trying to write on the computer, I will stop, walk away, grab a notebook and a pen, and it will just come out. And that's fantastic. But a lot of people aren't capable of doing that. They're not capable of writing by hand for whatever reason. Likewise, I love going out into the middle of the woods. You know, I'll stand in the grove of trees and that'll be so much nicer than standing in the middle of our living room that has a TV in it and, you know, kids' toys everywhere. But then again, for a lot of people, this isn't possible. So when you start to say everybody has, everything has to work the way that it used to, you're leaving out a lot of people who realistically wouldn't have been able to participate back then. And you are taking the chance of making it so they can't participate now. That's when it goes too far. Another reason, and this one's really fun. Did you know that psychic energy can disrupt electrical energy? Yeah, isn't that fun? I have never met a psychic or a medium who can wear, you know, even like a regular wristwatch. They can't, they can't wear it. You know, time doesn't keep up. The batteries die. I, I've never been able to wear a watch. The time just, it just does not keep time. The battery lasts forever and that watch will keep working broken until the day I take it off. You know what I mean? So this problem can go in reverse and electromagnetic energy can disrupt your focus and your your psychic focus and the work that you're trying to do in magic. This one can be hard. It, again, it's something that is different across the board. Some people have problems with it and other people don't. I have a lot of tech problems all the time, all the time. And it's usually worse when I'm really stressed or even really super excited. So when I've got a lot of energy coming out, but sometimes, and I'm sure any of you who follow me on social media know, sometimes the technology or the social platform or whatever that I'm currently trying to use, which has worked a hundred times before, just doesn't want to work for me now. And sometimes there's no reason. I've had to give up on entire platforms and entire devices because they just will not work together for me (laughs) and they work for anyone else, even someone sitting at my computer. So (laughs) I had to give up sometimes. Sometimes when this happens, I'm just like, oh, whatever. Okay, there's no solution here. So I'll just move on. But when it's happening a lot throughout the day and you know, I'm, I feel like I'm doing it because I'm getting frustrated about it. I feel like I'm keeping it going because I just keep thinking about why won't this work? Why won't this work? Why won't this work? And those days, I also find that reading tarot or casting spells, like none of that can work because I, I just can't, I can't organize my energy properly. I just feel very distracted and like there's something in my way. 
something kind of neat about this is that I found that, that younger, younger witches and psychics, you know, people who've grown up with a lot more technology in their lives of this, you know, the electronic variety seem to have fewer problems with this. It's like, it's like they're immune, right? They've, <laughs> they've developed their psychic abilities this far with technology all over the place. Why would it start causing a problem now? So that's actually kind of neat. And I actually have a list of crystals that can help out with some of this and, and even out that kind of energy. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Another reason a lot of witches don't want the this, these newfangled de devices uh, <laughs> to be included in their practice is that they want to be as closely aligned with nature as possible. The technology and, and electronics just don't fit into that natural vibe. And I get that for sure. But also not so much. <laughs> not only do I regularly use my phone or computer to bring nature in, you know, I like to bring in natural sounds or images. Um, on Netflix, there's a, there's a series called Moving Art. And it's a bunch of different natural videos of photography with this really, really beautiful music. It's not it doesn't have lyrics or anything, and it really does make me feel like I'm, you know, at the beach or like I'm in the woods and I'm really listening to these birds sing. I do that all the time. I bring nature in through my devices when I can't get out to it myself. But then, yeah, I mean, if you want to break it down all the way, everything in your computer comes from nature because because everything does. <laughs> It, unnatural isn't really like a thing that exists. Um, but I mean, the glass on the screen is just sand and heat. Electricity is energy. And I associate it with fire and air. You know, it's very, it's, it's very hot and energetic and also very clarifying and quick, like fire and air elements. And those are, you know, those are natural forces. And all of our computers and our phones would not really function the way they do without quartz crystals. <laughs> I also use apps to help me look at the stars, explore the stars and constellations a little closer. I use some to identify plants and even to teach me different ways to keep all of my plants growing and to kind of organize that information. And... I mean, there's just, there's a thousand ways that you can use your phone and your technology to bring you closer to nature. You need not feel like it's pulling you further away. Sometimes it's it's just a matter of perspective. That being said, I do generally think it's pretty important to unplug once in a while and experience nature firsthand if you have the opportunity. There's just some days where I'd much rather experience the hum of nature and the planet over the home of the electronics that I use all the time in the office. And this is something that I do often to keep myself spiritually healthy and to clear out my energy if I find that it's just too disruptive. I also surround my desk where all of my technology kind of congregates with plants to help make it feel more natural and I keep a lot of natural elements around me all the time to help me feel connected. And now that I have this fish, I I think I mentioned him. I got a bit of fish and I have him in a really nice like full moon shaped 
tank and he's right on my desk. He's so great. I can listen to the water, the bubbles. There's a little bit of a filter sound, but whatever. And he just swims around either playing in the bubbles, which makes me laugh and makes me smile. Or he's swimming around very calm and very graceful. And it's almost like watching him feels like meditative almost. So I do my best to bring natural items and you don't have to choose one over the other. So how much you choose to incorporate technology into your practice is up to you. And if there are anyone else, up to the people that you practice with. Make sure you all agree, obviously. I use technology in my practice all the time and don't really find that it causes a uh, distraction or that it makes my spells fail like automatically. Just last week, I did a spell called a honey jar spell. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can do a honey jar. So I was following some instructions online on luckymojocurio.com. She has a whole page about the honey jars, right? And I followed the instructions on there, and I even did most of the work right in front of my computer. You know, I, I wrote my petition paper while I was sitting in front of the computer. I had music coming out of my play- computer playing on a playlist. And four hours later, it turns out that my spell worked, and it worked super well. I got exactly what I wanted. The candle wasn't even finished burning. My focus and my will never waned because I was looking at the computer screen or because I, I wasn't able to memorize the spell before starting. But again, that's me. If you find that you can't keep your focus on what it is that you are doing because you're constantly looking at the instructions online or because there's too many beeps and blinking lights and sounds, that's okay too. You can kick it, you know, 2001 style and just print that page out and follow the directions on a a nice natural piece of paper instead. Don't feel bad. (laughs) I still do it straight up. (laughs) So I use tech a lot for research. I research spells and rituals like the one I just talked about. I research a lot of history online, herbs and crystals. I have books, but there are so many crystals and not all of them can be represented in a single or even a handful of books. The internet has a lot more for me to find. And there are tons of philosophical and spiritual perspective from tons of witches out there. You can find free books that are 100 years old, and you can find new books from other countries all around the planet and learn about witchcraft in ways that would not be possible otherwise. I love books. As you guys know, my last episode was about books and I use them just as often as I do the internet. But in general, there's a lot more information available to me online. And don't even get me started on how much I love ebooks. I'm pretty sure I talked about it last time, but I love them because I love having a search ability search function. Oh, one day paper books are going to have a button I can use to search and I just can't wait. (laughs) One bit of techno magic I really love is the variety of magical and witchy apps that you can get on your phone or on your tablet or whatever. Not only can you get apps that are like, you know, reference materials like an app about crystals that you can use to reference crystals as like a dictionary, but you can also use them to explore things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get a good look at, like stars and constellations through apps like SkyMap. Uh, 
on a night when the moon is not visible, but you feel like you, you just really need to see the moon. Sometimes you just need to see the moon, you know, if it's supposed to be a beautiful full moon, but you've got a cloudy sky, you can bring up a live feed of the moon in a few seconds. You can also enjoy a meteor shower or an eclipse, even if it's happening on the other side of the planet. My phone alerts me to new moon phases and when we move into a new astrological season and also witchy holidays and sabbats like the upcoming autumn equinox. If I'm out walking around and an interesting plant catches my eye or, you know, I see something really beautiful that I'm not familiar with, I can snap a picture, scan it, and find out exactly what kind of plant it is and figure out why it might be calling my name and exactly what this plant means or what it's what it can be used for in magic. And that used to take hours and hours of research. You know, you have to remember what the plant looks like or God forbid, get film developed and, you know, <laughs> remember what it looks like. Take a little drawing, write down some descriptions and then start checking books that hopefully have pictures, though most did not. I love how fast that is. I take photos of all of my tarot readings and I save them into a specific folder and they're all, you know, they've got all the data. They're organized by date. So I can always go back and check out my tarot readings that I did previously. If you, by the way, if you forget your readings the second you do them, or, you know, you don't keep track of what they say, you're really missing out on some cool stuff. A lot of readings will take on a whole new meaning after a little bit of time or a few days or after a particular event. So if you do that weekly reading on Monday to get you ready for the rest of the week, but on Sunday you haven't looked back to compare and contrast, you're missing out on some fun, fun information. So I like to keep them organized and I definitely do go back and see how things have progressed. When it comes to meditation, uh, I actually used an app, Insight Timer, to teach me how to meditate. They have little courses um, and they have lots of like beginner stuff. So that app actually really taught me how to meditate when I realized that I was super bad at it. And I can access a whole bunch of guided meditations from different traditions. Some of them are very, very witchy and some of them are a little bit more new age, but I can find them, you know, like that. Something really, really interesting that it's, it's odd. It's something that has persisted throughout the digital age, but that is always kind of in the background. Digital altars. You know, even back when digital altars were on a GeoCities website with, you know, digital flickering candles and spinning glittery pentagrams and like a memorial to the burning times, I always thought that that was so great to have this this little altar that you, you could pull up on your computer screen. And I want to say instantly, but I remember back then it was not instant. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to take 10 minutes for the page to load. So you better go get yourself a drink, get yourself some, you know, Rice Krispie Squares and Tang. Um, and I love this idea because um, especially as a young witch, I know I couldn't afford to get a lot of the things that went on my altar. And sometimes I really wanted that stuff. And those digital altars let me feel like I had that stuff. And when I was too depressed to get out of bed to, you know, do anything to eat, let alone sit at my altar and, you know, set lights or, or do some spell work, a digital altar in an app called self-care made me feel so much better. You played little meditation games and it would give you, you could 
you know, gather little items that you could put on it, like crystals and herbs and little tarot cards. It was stuff that I would actually have on a real altar. I could change it whenever I needed. And, you know, sometimes I would just set it up, lay it on the bed a foot away from my face and, you know, listen to the calm little music and actually feel like I was a functioning witch again. Like I was putting effort into taking the time to be magical and like I was connected to magical stuff. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same as like a real altar, but I also couldn't carry my real altar around in my pocket and access it anywhere I go. So you win some, you lose some with that one. One type of tech magic that I will never get enough of is making playlists with intention. I love being able to make a playlist for any kind of mood or situation or magical act. I, I love it. So my Fat Witch Fall playlist is, like, I'm surprised at how popular it is. Though maybe it shouldn't be surprising because I really did put a lot of thought and magical intention into every single song that I selected for that list. And I think people can tell. Some of them are even cheesy and people don't mind how cheesy it is. I'm pretty excited about that. Thanks, guys. I know I can feel when playlists are made by someone who took it very seriously and really put a lot of passion into it. I make playlists that deal specifically with money or prosperity when I'm doing any sort of magical work for that when I need to get into that mindset. Something really luxurious. So sometimes that could be something that just feels fancy, like some really, really great classical music, or that can be songs literally about money. A lot of them are rap songs and don't hate. <laughs> don't hate because they're the bomb. I make playlists that specifically deal with money or prosperity when I need to get into the mindset to attract a little bit of wealth. I have playlists full of songs just for the full moon and one specifically for, you know, the blue moon because <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, I use Spotify and I pay for premium just so I don't have ads coming up whenever I'm using the um, using the playlist for my rituals, really. Um, but you don't you don't have to pay for any sort of service. It can be the mu the music that's on your computer. And if you are still the type to make a mix CD or a mix tape, oh, don't ever stop because <laughs> don't ever stop because. Not only do you have the magic of the playlist, but you also have like a physical item that you can hold in your hands. It's like a talisman. It's fantastic. I used to make tapes or CDs for every time I had a breakup. Like it was, it was a CD of songs that like, <laughs> so stupid. Teenagers are so funny. It was a CD of songs that, you know, we had been listening to or that made me think of it or that had their name in it or something. And I would put it on the, the CD and I would definitely listen to it a couple of times a day for <laughs> for like two weeks and then I would put it away and like never listen to it again and it was, it was I didn't even realize I was doing it every time but it, I notice now because I still have them all that this was a ritual I used to kind of like get that out of my system that still makes me laugh 
I also, because I am a nerd um, and love old things, I love records, uh, vinyl records. And I find the entire process of playing and listening to records to be very, very magical because it's like, it's like stepping back into a time machine. You have to sit on the floor, right? You have to get right in front of that thing and get ready to turn that record over to the other side. Because you know what? Records are not as long as you think they are. <laughs> Especially if they're from the 80s or 90s, those songs were short. So you have to sit on the floor, you have to be ready to flip that thing, and you can't help but after a little while get really comfortable down there, and you start reading the liner notes, and before you know it, it's 1976, Inagata Davida is playing, and you're on a first date in someone's parents' basement. Just, <laughs> it is like stepping into another time. It's all about the kind of energy that a piece of technology or the process of using that technology can bring out in you. You know, I make myself sound like I'm like in my 50s. <laughs> I was born at the very end of the 80s. Okay, it was 1986. It's not that long ago. I got to stop aging myself on here. <laughs> so then we have actual social networks, which are an incredible treasure trove of witchy activity and information if you know how to look for it. Pinterest is just what it's nuts you could use a pinterest account as your actual book of shadows or grimoire and you can like hyper organize that all these different sections you can have it hosted somewhere that you don't have to pay for and it's always available you can upload your own things and you can just easily add stuff from other people my pinterest account is full 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 of stuff and i don't I'm not someone who contributes a lot to Pinterest, right? I'll share my stuff there, but I don't have like a, a Pinterest type blog or website. But the amount of information and the type of information that those people are sharing online for free that you can find through Pinterest is like, it's a steal. <laughs> it's, it's a steal. This is the kind of information that you normally would have had to buy books to get. And I still buy books and still find things on Pinterest that I'm not finding in books. So that one's pretty big. Over the last three years, I've shared a lot about my ongoing journey to better mental health. And I get messages all the time from listeners who are also struggling and looking for someone to talk to. Unfortunately, it can be very difficult to find therapy that is fully accessible, financially or otherwise. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is an online service that can connect you with real licensed counselors who can be available on your schedule and right where you are. With four different ways to communicate and a wide range of specialties, there's a good chance you can find someone perfect for you all without leaving home. Everything is confidential, and if you ever feel like your counselor isn't the right fit for you, you can switch right away. Not only is the service really affordable compared to in-person therapy, they also offer financial aid for those who need it. It's okay to need help. You deserve to get better. And you can start that journey at betterhelp.com slash fatfeministwitch and save 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash fatfeministwitch. Facebook groups are really great for finding specific types of witches that you can commiserate with. Back in my day, it was Yahoo groups, and I'm super glad it's not anymore. But uh, Facebook groups, these are really, really great. And 
I'm going to take a minute for some shameless self-promotion, but I do have a couple of Facebook groups, one that is paid through Patreon called The Witch and Bitch, and one that is free all about using plants and like natural magic called Your Garden Gate. I'm also a member of an embarrassing number of groups (laughs) for witches, Um, but lately my favorite is called The Poison Path, Historical Lore and Medicinal Study. And the people in this group, there are some people like me who have just always found this was a really interesting topic, but there's a lot of people who grow the plants themselves, grow different varieties of the plants. They do all sorts of magical and spiritual work with the plant and do a lot of research into the history and energy of these plants firsthand. These poison plants, things like Datura and Belladonna, real old world European mandrake. It's just a beautiful collection of information. And it's these people who are sharing their experience and their knowledge and photos of their gardens and how things are growing at different stages. And you can ask any question. Oh, man, I don't think I could ever bail on Facebook just for the kinds of information and camaraderie that I find in a lot of Facebook groups. This is this particular group I really love because poison plants are an incredibly cool topic, one that I've always been interested in, but just diving into poison plants can be pretty risky. Literally, you can die. And I'm a bit of a chicken. So this way, you know, there's other witches there with experience. So if you're trying to do things with poison plants and you're getting nervous or you don't know what you're doing, There's tons of people with experience you can reach out to, you can ask questions to, or who might have already posted it recently. I've learned so much, and I've only been in the group like a month and a half. It's so great. I highly recommend it. Twitter is my favorite social network for connecting with astrology experts, especially. I love the conversational tone of Twitter in general, but astrology Twitter is really something else. They've made all of the people that that post about astrology on Twitter, a lot of them have made a pretty big difference in how I read and interpret different parts of my chart and how I take in astrological info, you know, through my self-teachings. You know, the stuff I read in books makes a little bit more sense because of ways that they've been able to explain it to me. They've made it a little bit more digestible. They're also offering up modern analyses of tons of different astrological concepts and the meanings of houses and planets and asteroids. It's just incredible how much you can find for free and how much work these people are doing just to provide you with astrological info because they love it. It's fantastic. Then we have the the big one, <laughs> the hashtag witches of Instagram. So People either love or hate Instagram wishes, and I I don't love every single individual one, but I, I love the witches that you can find on Instagram. I love it. Every single post is not correct. Some are outright bogus. Some are really bordering on offensive, but mostly, luckily, most most of the stuff I find is really interesting. And it's posted by talented witches who are sharing really insightful content, uh, philosophical perspectives, and art. So much witchy art and creation. 
I follow some candle accounts that don't even ship to Canada because the candles, the photos of the candles, they're magical, they're inspirational, and they, they like give me information about different herbs and crystals. I can see how other witches combine certain herbs and crystals and why she thinks they work so well together. I can watch a video of how to do a honey jar spell and I can share parts of my practice with real witches to kind of pass that on. It's really, really exciting all the time. I also learn a lot about tarot and different ways to read with specific decks because you can follow the artists and the authors of a lot of those decks right there and they'll show innovative ways to read with their cards specifically. This is really great, especially if you get a deck that has a very small guidebook with it. It allows you to just expand on that information and new information will always come out as long as the account is kept up to date. So when you check the hashtag, which is of Instagram, all one word, you can end up waiting through pages and pages and pages of photos and spells and rituals and new and indie and tarot, tarot and oracle decks that are not being widely released by major book companies. You can find book previews and reviews. And I'm a very visual person, so I also just find a lot of inspiration in seeing how other witches practice. Speaking of the hashtag, let's just, let's talk about the hashtag for a minute because because I, I have a fun theory. So this symbol, the hashtag, has taken on so much meaning And as far as I'm concerned, it also has kind of its own magical pull at this point. I often think of the hashtag as like a modern day sigil or or rune of the online witch. So the symbol expands the reach of magical words and spells and intentions. It's very attractive and it makes any word you place after it into an attraction spell instantly. One click on this random word after this tiny little rune and someone from the other side of the planet can find their way back to you. That's definitely magic. The tag itself can be applied to any word, any idea, even if it's misspelled or offensive, somebody will resonate with its meaning and they will find their way to you as the originator of the tag. The hashtag is a sigil or a rune of communication, activation, and incantation. And you'll never convince me otherwise. You'll never convince me otherwise. And the hashtag isn't the only digital contribution to magical symbols and using magical symbols in your witchcraft. Emoji spells are practically old news now. (laughs) But it's something, it's an idea I still use all the time. I have a whole post on on my website that explains emoji spells and how they've been formatted and all of that. If you want to see that, I'll put the link in the description. But in general, you know, a symbolic representation of the idea you're trying to convey infused with your intention is exactly what a sigil is. You can even combine these cute little sigils with your digital witch's rune, you know, your little hashtag and still get results without using any actual words. I would actually say that I I use this version of sigil witchery a lot more than I do any sort of online version. I actually find drawing sigils super difficult. The book Sigil Witchery by Laura Tempest Zakroff is fantastic and I loved her idea. I loved her her methods, I loved everything about it, but I had a very hard time 
keeping it simple and just coming up with sigils that I thought were effective. But when I work with available and recognizable symbols to convey meaning, I mean, this is just something I'm already good at. I'm a scrapbooker for life. (laughs) Even digitally, I'm a scrapbooker, I guess. (laughs) I use online image editing software a lot, you know, for work. And for the past few years, I've also been adding symbols and sigils to images, and then I just make them a transparent overlay. So I've made a sigil for privacy, and I put that as an overlay on my personal accounts. Back when I worked for bosses who would try to find me online or who did have me on Facebook. I don't like that. Don't do it. It's stupid. (laughs) It's a stupid idea to add your boss to Facebook. Don't ever do it. (laughs) Uh, So I would usually keep like a printed or a doodled copy of the sigil so I could remind myself what it looked like. Uh, to kind of keep that energy going, but I would always remember that it's it's there even if I can't see it. And you don't have to be quite so discreet with it. You know, you can be a lot more obvious, especially if you are talented at creating sigils or you're an artist. You can design sigils as a whole piece of artwork and infuse that with an intention, like my privacy is respected. You can even specify, you know, my privacy is respected by my employer or by my significant other, whatever. And then you just turn this into a piece of digital artwork and you can use it as a profile photo or a cover picture with your sigil worked into the design. And you don't have to explain the meaning to anybody. If you want to include a caption, you can make one that's a spell or an invocation that charges or makes your sigil function. So you can use colors that convey strength or privacy or ones that you would use in protection magic, like black and red. If you are trying to do the opposite, you can also create a super attractive sigil instead. You know, use my account stands out on Instagram or people see the beauty in my art. Then you can incorporate magical colors like orange, which is the color of attraction, and greens and golds attract prosperity specifically. Then you can use the sigil on your online accounts and you can even work it into the logo on your products to keep that energy flowing and keep people coming back wanting to find your shop again. And you can apply all of these same magical principles when designing any part of your digital signature. You know, if you're trying to take a profile photo for a dating app and you really want to make sure that your intentions on the dating app are clear, you can use some of these magical principles to figure out what it is that you're wearing, pick colors to wear, pick the shades and colors of makeup that you're going to put on. You know, what kind of energy do you need to bring out? In that way, your intention comes through in the photo. You can also use your posts like as little spells. You can find photos of magical stuff or magical motifs or just something that represents what it is you want to accomplish. So for example, pumpkins are a symbol of abundance and the whole pumpkin spice mixture, you know, allspice, cinnamon, nutmeg, These are all perfect for money, luck, and success magic. So think of this like doing a sympathetic magic spell, but online. 
intuitively choose a picture with pumpkins in it or with colors that remind you of pumpkins and pumpkin spice. You can take your own photo if you want, but you can absolutely find beautiful photos online and use them. Tons of like free stock photos all over the place that are fantastic. Look through photos of pumpkins and pumpkin spice and find some that are bountiful and attractive where there's a lot there. Pick one that feels right. Pick one that, you know, keeps calling out to you and you just can't take your eyes off of it. Post it on your account and include a caption like, I'm cultivating an abundant life for an abundant career. And then, you know, top it off with your pumpkin emoji (laughs) and a magical number of hashtags like 13 with words that just scream abundance or success or that feeling of always having enough to live a happy life with enough left over to share with those who need it. That's the idea of abundance for me anyways. And that is just, it's a spell on its own. You put it out there. You're putting that energy out into the world. And if this is a concept that blows your mind, I'm really excited to tell you that I didn't invent it. And many of the witchy photos and posts that you see in the Witches of Instagram tag are actually magic spells designed to attract wealth or abundance or to make their intentions clear or whatever. I love knowing that when you are on the social network, just looking through beautiful photographs, you are actually wading through magical energy. A pretty unfortunate downside to a life online is the sheer volume of creeps, jerks, and dummies that you have to wade through on any social network. And this is where sigils for protection, like my private information is secure, or I will not be doxxed, (laughs) come in. But also sometimes what we really have to do is give up and disentangle ourselves And usually it's from an argument that's going nowhere with a person that's going the exact same way. And I fall for it all the time. And sometimes it's really horrifying. And sometimes it's just very, very irritating. In those times when it's especially irritating and I just need to stop arguing with some idiot. For those times when I'm just getting really, really irritated and I need to get away from some argument with someone who is just some jerkwad who's not going to leave me alone, I actually came up with this little spell that helps me back away. It reminds me that I'm getting angry and I'm wasting a bunch of time and energy and this guy is just not worth it. And I say guy, sometimes it's not. This person in general is just not worth your time and energy and anger. So start by grabbing a tarot deck, anyone, and grab the Fool card. You're going to be closing and turning off whatever device you're using during this spell, so don't forget to include like an, an in real life, an IRL action to back up your spell. So I'm a big fan of like muting or unfollowing, depending on you know what website you're on. Blocking is a lot more final, of course. But lately, it's become something like a badge of honor to be blocked by somebody. It's like a sign of weakness by the person who did the blocking. And I'm sure as hell not going to give some fool his harass a woman online merit badge. So I don't really like to block because that is obvious. It's something that they can find out. When it comes to muting or unfollowing, they don't know. (laughs) 
They don't know that you've unmuted or that you've unfollowed. They don't know that you're not seeing any of their passive aggressive posts or their responses or whatever. You can live a life of bliss, never having to interact with this fool ever again. It's beautiful. So I prefer that option. Start by turning off your phone or your computer if you can. Obviously, there's emergency situations, but you know, if sleep mode is fine, turn off the notifications. You want that screen to be black, to be empty, nothing on there. Hold it in front of you and you can recite this totally legit little invocation that I have genuinely, genuinely said out loud to my own phone more than one time. The screen is dim and so are you. And now a kiss goodbye because I'm no fool. And then you close your computer and you put your fool card on top to remind you that you are not a fool. Now, I just lied to you. I don't say because I'm no fool. I say because my mama didn't raise no fool because I am a nerd. You don't have to do that, but you totally can. I really hope that a bunch of you are like at least 10 to 15 years younger than me and can laugh at all of this, or that you're my age and can laugh at all of this. <laughs> so after you do this, uh, leave the room for a little while. Just clear your head, give you and your computer and that social network some time to forget all about that fool on the other end of your argument. When you come back, say thanks to your little tarot card sentry and then go about your business. It's silly, right? But so are those debate me arguments. They're silly. They're a waste of time, just like the spell. And that's the point. It's the perfect energy to push back. I can't talk about the internet and social media magic without talking about magic rocks, especially quartz. A lot of our devices, like watches and phones, use quartz as a crystal oscillator. Basically, they apply pressure and heat to the quartz, and it vibrates, and it creates an electrical charge. It's actually called a piezoelectrical charge, which I thought was really fun. When it comes to crystals, you can often learn a lot about the magical properties by looking at the ways that it's used in our mundane lives. And in the case of quartz, its real-life applications mirror its function as a magical amplifier and just a source of magical energy. Quartz's power, realistically, when you break it right down, is simply energy. It can work for any magical purpose, and it can channel or direct any kind of energy for any kind of spell. I like to use small quartz points, almost like a, like a little magical battery. So I'll charge them up, and I'll put them into mojo bags and incense packs or into a tarot bag. I also keep quartz near the computer, near all of the plugs, with the intention of keeping the energy and electricity flowing safely and productively. If you find that your psychic vibes are messing with your devices, or vice versa, there are a few crystals that you can work with to help form a barrier between the two. My favorites for this are Amazonite and Pyrite. I mentioned pyrite before in my episode about the office space. I keep a piece of pyrite next to or right on my computer to help keep, you know, chaotic energy wars at a minimum so that they can flow a little bit more smoothly. And whenever Mercury retrograde comes around, I also carry a small piece in my pocket or my purse. 
for, you know, a little extra boost. Amazonite is my favorite crystal when it comes to cell phone trouble specifically. If I find that my phone battery is draining too fast, or I'm having trouble connecting to a Wi-Fi network or something, or I just feel like every single time I touch the phone, it gets slower or hotter and I'm making everything worse, (laughs) I will put that phone on my altar and put a piece of Amazonite on top to get between and smooth out our conflicting energy. I'll leave it there for at least like 15 minutes, walk away, and when I pick it back up, I'll also put the Amazonite in my pocket. Black tourmaline is my go-to whenever I feel like I actually need protection from some of the energy coming through my devices. So if I find I'm getting a lot of hate or harassment, or that those dumb fights are coming at me a little bit more than usual, and that it's really starting to get to me, I'll place a chunk of black tourmaline on my laptop or my phone and feel like it builds a protective barrier between me and the attacks. It makes me feel protected, but also kind of invisible online, which is a real blessing sometimes. Sometimes you need to fade into the background. Sometimes when I'm using the internet for research, I come against this problem that, you know, (laughs) originated on Netflix, I think. Uh, It's the Netflix syndrome, where I have too much information available and I can't pick a thing. Too much coming at me and I cannot pick anything to focus on. It's a distraction and I can't pinpoint what it is that I need. This is where Sodalite with its lightning bolt patterns comes in handy. I'll close every tab on my computer or my phone, all my apps, whatever, grab my Sodalite and shut my eyes. This crystal works with the energy of both your throat and third eye chakras, so it can help you have the ability to cut through the overabundance of information and find exactly what it is you need. Social media really can be a double-edged sword. On one hand, it opens up the entire world, and on the other hand, it can also close you off from everything and everyone. If you're curious about whether your relationship with social media is affecting your spiritual life or your mental health, I recently found a great tarot spread by Emerald Lotus Divination that can help you make sure that you're not giving your whole life away to the internet and that your online actions are actually having a positive effect on your life. I will, of course, put the link and there's a graphic and I'll put it in the description of the episode so that you guys can try it for yourselves. This six-card spread highlights your current relationship with social media, how it affects your life and your mental health, what would happen if you took a total break, and some of the ways that social media will change the world going forward. I also added two more specific questions about how social media affects my love life or relationships and how it affects my career. So it became an eight-card spread. I used the Book of Shadows Tarot, The Soul Below, version, volume two, because it has modern scenery and people, and some of the cards even include phones and computers. I did this on purpose because I wanted to make sure that I could remember that I was thinking about digital concepts and things happening online. And the reading was actually surprisingly positive. It was a really positive reading, though it definitely causes some distraction, you know, fantasy and daydreaming. It also offers me freedom, improves my communication skills, and it brings me greater prosperity. It's not surprising since I work online. 
If I were to take a total break from social media, it would actually cause frustration, delays in progress, and problems with my self-image, according to this tarot reading. And again, this makes sense since, you know, I love my work and it adds a lot to my life. So cutting it all off completely, even for a little while, takes away all those positive effects I get from it. As for the love life, it makes me feel like I'm being pulled in two different directions and unable to make decisions. So thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> Duh. Although the two decisions are, you know, meeting someone online, which is the only way, and meeting someone in person, which doesn't exist, but is the only way that I like. So whatever. I guess I'll keep getting pulled. When I was done the reading... This is when I actually realized how sure I had been that this reading would tell me that social media and the internet were ruining my life. Like, I was so sure. And I thought, oh, gosh, how strange is that? And I think we do this with a lot of things that make us happy or that we're excited about. Because in our society, being happy and liking things is something of a sin. So don't feel bad for liking the internet or for enjoying being online. Don't automatically think that your online life is ruining your offline life. According to my reading, something we're all about to learn about social media going forward is that this right now is only the beginning. I drew the Page of Pentacles, who brings messages about new growth and great changes to finances and prosperity. It's also clear that younger generations will be the ones leading the charge. This is, again, a little bit obvious, and I think it's something that many of us have figured out. But this is also a very positive card, and it, it usually means that the changes coming about are taking us someplace great. Since computers weren't around when the tarot was created, there aren't any obvious, you know, check your email tarot cards. But there are a few that could pop up in your readings that might be trying to tell you something about your online life. So the Eight of Wands is a card of movement and creativity, and it's telling you that messages are about to start coming in fast. This card's telling you to check your emails. It is your check your emails card. Check your emails, your direct messages, and, you know, maybe dust off the voicemail if you haven't used it in a little while. The Eight of Swords also speaks to communication, but with a negative tone, because it's swords, right? <laughs> this card could tell you to be on the lookout for slander and gossip, and it warns you not to get wrapped up in it because you will end up getting in your own way. Avoid the drama. All of the pages, the court cards... All of the pages bring us messages to help us be prepared for future situations. They can also represent actual people in your life. So look to the suit and the person on the card for clues. Cups means news about emotional or love matters. Pentacles means financial and material. Wands always indicate creative pursuits and like taking on new projects. And the swords are the suit of communication in general. They're also kind of the most negative and the creepiest suit. So <laughs> the Page of Swords could actually indicate something like surveillance or vigilance, meaning you should keep an eye on your security or maybe someone is keeping an eye on you. So I would beef up something like your antivirus or your hacking software or be on the lookout for a privacy situation to deal with your online life. If you get the Five of Swords, now is the time to unplug because you are on the path towards embarrassment and a loss of social status. 
what this could mean within social media, not only get offline for a little while, but it could actually da- be a a damage to your entire entire social media presence. So if that's something that's very important to you, if you use it for work or if it's your favorite way to communicate with other people, this can be a pretty big deal, a big challenge. Fives are always challenges. Finally, we have the devil. With the devil card, if you are asking about technology, it could mean that you are getting, letting yourself be enslaved by your social media or your tech addiction. This is a bond that only you can break because you are the one that chose it. Don't feel bad. (laughs) Using social media and using our phones activates some of the same chemicals in our brains as really fun stuff like drugs and sex. And so we can get a little too attached to those pleasant effects. It happens to the best of us. This is a warning that it's time to unplug and reevaluate how it is you use social media and whether or not you get the same kind of pleasure and joy from other things. So whether you use technology in your practice or not, there are a lot of different ways to use your magical skills and your knowledge to stay safe and to be a little bit more successful online. I thought that was fun. So this is all I have for you today, witches, but don't forget that tomorrow, Friday, I will have a new update to the Fat Witch Fall playlist that celebrates the autumn equinox, balance, and one of my favorite witchy tales that's told around this time of year, which is the story of spring flower goddess Persephone's descent into the underworld, which she promptly (laughs) started to rule over as queen wonderful story it's just beautiful so you can find that on spotify and you can check my website to see what new songs i've added and why i chose those in particular if you want to join an online community of super cool witches you can head to patreon.com slash to check out the witch and bitch and see if it's right for you your ten dollar monthly fee keeps the show on the air and it allows me to buy new books and tarot decks that I can then review on the website and also keep other witchy authors and artists doing what they love. If you want to find out more about me and the show, head to my website at thefatfeministwitch.com or find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. I am everywhere. (laughs) I hope you all have a fantastic and magical autumn equinox weekend, everybody. 